I'm Naomi, and this is the Sleepy House Healing Podcast. Hello, my friends. It's me, Naomi. I am here with a more quiet episode. Uh, This is because I am actually in the room... (laughs) in the same room as my sleeping kiddo. I have a lot going on. That's like a huge understatement, but just to give you some context, um, sometimes I make these episodes really far in advance, or I don't know, a week in advance or a few days, and I'm right here, you know. Tomorrow is our new moon, in Virgo, new moon in Hermit. We're going to talk about the relationship between um, the moon card, the Hermit card, and the Hermit and Virgo. Um, so yeah, well, let's get into it. Um, I <laughs> did not bring my cards. So just to let you know, like, where I'm, just where I'm at, and, you know, I'm really trying to embrace, with my own boundaries in place, I'm trying to embrace sharing the parts of my life that I feel like may be relatable or may be, you know, the lessons I'm learning that could benefit someone else not in a self-centered, narcissistic way so much as just knowing that naturally I, you know, I'm told all the time that this podcast is like talking to a friend. And so I'm not here to just dump information or my stress on you, though I've definitely made episodes that probably had more of that kind of energy. Um, more I just want to be here (laughs) present human um my mind goes so many places when I have these sort of conversations with myself so really just leaning into accepting what naturally comes up and talk about my week and what is coming through for this full moon I don't have my cards with me um because I am at my mother's house right now. My mom and my stepdad went on vacation and it's been the most inconvenient time. Um, and at the same time, it's been a blessing. But So I've been at my mom's house with my grandmother who's getting up there in age. She's in her late 80s, my nana. Um, and so I've, I've been giving her medicine in the morning, giving her her shot, and taking care of her. Though she's very independent, but she's getting older, and she's very, very special to me. Um, there's been, yeah, a lot going on. I'm My child just started online kindergarten, so we're getting up at like seven and he is school at 7.30, and 
it's just been a lot of apps and assignments and just a lot of work for a kindergartner. So I have felt really crushed between my mundane responsibilities with my husband going back to school. He's in college. Um, <laughs> and my son going to kindergarten for the first time, all these assignments, taking care of my Nana. And then I'm also working. I'm working right now. Um, and I had a health scare. I mean, I guess it's still here. Technically we got COVID and I think that COVID brought up a lot. It brought up things emotionally that needed to be, uh, illuminated. It brought up things, uh, health wise, like things that had bothered me already that I'd had issues with. Um, this weird thing happened I can't remember if I talked about this on the last episode when it was the full moon. But uh, yeah, so my whole family basically had COVID except for my Nana. And we were just a mess for a little while. Like we all had, we were just had other issues in our body aggravated. And um, for me, that is my left breast. I... When I was nursing my son five years ago, <laughs> I guess I quit three years ago. I nursed him almost two years. But anyway, I um, I had an oversupply and my left breast, I had chronic mastitis. And so it's interesting how this time when I had COVID and this time after, it's really similar. I mean, I'm, I've been reminded a lot of the postpartum period because... My son has a lot of needs at this time. He got over COVID in a snap. Um, I mean, I know some people have effects way, way later, and I hope that doesn't happen, but he just kicked it, and then everybody else, we're still like, holy shit, you know, we still felt like roadkill for a couple weeks, and um, that mimics my postpartum experience. I was, I felt like, and I feel this now too, where it's like I have all these things I'm meant to be doing, and I have all this inspiration for different projects, but I'm really forced to be right here right now, just really zoomed in on my present moment, my present reality, and my responsibilities. So it's, yeah, I've been in a lot of pain, and I went to the doctor yesterday, so I'm relieved to... and to say it's not cancer, which I did worry about. That runs in my family. My granny had breast cancer, so I, it was just her birthday on the 20th of August. And so I felt, yeah, it was just an interesting, it's interesting that that kind of came around the same time. So she was, she's been fresh on my heart and on my mind and been having conversations, you know, with myself and with her, um, you know, in the way that I do with people who have left this earth. So I guess they're all still here, right? They're in the earth, literally. But um, yeah, so I'm relieved that I don't have cancer. Um, But I am, I'm sad that there's actually not a known reason for why I'm in such pain in my breast. So um, 
I'm looking into, you know, what other options I have. Like, do I want to get a mastectomy or like, do I want to get top surgery? I don't really want my boobs anyway for gender reasons, but I'll just be honest with y'all. Like, I am in so much pain that it's hard to focus on things. Um, <laughs> and it's like beyond the aesthetics. I don't really care. I really just want to not feel this pain anymore. But something happens, and maybe if you're someone who's dealt with chronic pain or knows someone who has or does, pain kind of becomes a portal. And I don't mean that in like a, I don't know. Let, let me see if I can explain. I, my pain forces me to be here. It brings me back into my body, but there's also this invitation because the pain is so constant and so deep and that I'm sort of invited to leave my body, right? To disassociate, which I've done a lot through my life, you know, being in my body hasn't always felt safe. And, um, you know, so I'm making the conscious choice to like stay here, you know, be with the pain, be with myself. And, um, it's just been, it's been a lot. It's been hard. Um, but yeah, I'm looking into other options and that was another, another thing I kind of wanted to mention before we get into the cards, uh, just a little plant story I wanted to, to tell y'all. Um, I ended up going to a hospital yesterday, not the one I would normally go to, but one that could get me in a few days sooner. And, um, so I went there and as I was walking in, I noticed that there was this giant pokeweed plant with the beautiful berries, uh, turning that deep purple. And I noticed that there was a maypop vine with the little um, springy looking flowers. If you've ever seen maypop, also known as passion flower, but I definitely prefer saying maypop. I like folk names. I'm not a big fan of anything that is a colonial name, though I will obviously use them like so people understand what I'm saying. But yeah, so I saw this Passiflora incarnata and I was like, you know what? I'm going to come back out here after this and I'm going to say hi um, if I have time because I had to get back home. <laughs> this is all while my son is in kindergarten and it's his first week and my husband was like having a technology issue with him, of course. And anyway, uh, I did have time after my, after my exams and the news of like, no, you know, you're, we don't know what's wrong. It's probably hormonal, whatever. I go back outside. There's also a, just a ton of plants. I saw goldenrod. I saw staghorn sumac, two plants that I just, I work with every year. But maypop is one of those plants that I do not work with all the time, but 
it has appeared, you know, plants will come and meet you where you're at. Every season, I feel like somebody comes forward and it's like, work with me, be with me, connect with me, commune with me, touch me. And that's exactly the message that I got. And there was just, there was so much of this vine and there were fruits on it. And it was just, you know, being with the plant, like I don't need to take it, but I did get that message of like, you know, there's, there's such an abundance, like, please, you know, like, take me. So I'm going to try to grow it. Um, I took some of the fruits that have the seeds and some of the vine and, and the vine and the flowers were a little bit older. The fruit wasn't quite ripe, but the vines I realized were not appropriate for medicine. I just, I think that they, I don't know if it's a little late in the season for it. I have never tinctured passion flower before I really just um mostly have worked with it in an essence form and I've taken other people's tinctures but yeah I would um it's not that hard to propagate is what I hear so hopefully this will take and um I will have maypop growing in my yard soon which would make me very very happy and I do think that there is a metaphor here because I've worked with pokeweed so much. Pokeweed is one of those plants that people, you know, they're really afraid of it. They're like, oh, it's toxic. It's bad. Stay away. And, you know, there's, I, I don't know about y'all, but there was a lot of plants that people told me that when I was a child. Mushrooms, don't touch it. Don't touch that plant. It's poison, poison. I mean, people say that crab apple is poison, and it's not. Um, there's also a way to work with poisonous medicines. And um, uh, that's a longer topic um, that I'm totally interested in talking about. But anyway, um, pokeweed, pokeberry, really it's the seed that you want to watch out for. Um, and I also grew up eating poke salad, not poke salad. It's poke salad in case you don't know. Um, it's a French word, I think. And you parboil it. So you boil it a couple of times to help break down the chemicals in it that can hurt your tummy. So, um, it's, I wouldn't say it's detoxifying because, um, I don't like the way that people use detoxifying. Like we have a liver for that. But pokeweed and and pokeberry has really helped me with releasing. And when I say, you know, you can work with plants, I don't mean that you can just eat. You need to eat it. Like you don't have to work with plants in an internal way or in a heroic way where you're eat, you know, like consuming lots of it. Um, you can work with plants in essence form. You can just be with plants, right? You can sit with them, talk to them and treat them as you would friends because they are, you know? Um, 
And so I've worked with the berries for ink before, but also if you don't bite into the seed and you know your plant, the pokeweed well, you can eat one berry or two berries. Obviously don't do this with children. Don't do it if you're pregnant or nursing. And also just don't do it if you have any doubts, right? Like um, about if it's pokeweed or not, if it's pokeberry. But anyway, I've made magical ink from the poke um, berry and some people have made jam. Um, I've seen people put a little bit of poke berry juice in water and it's like a cleanse. I'm not saying you should do that. If you feel, if the thought of that is really um, anxiety inducing, then don't do it. You know, there's so many other plants that you may want to work with. But for me, poke weed is an ancestral food and a dear friend. And I feel very comfortable working with poke weed. And there are people that use a very, very small amount of poke root tincture for certain for certain issues, but that is, I'm not recommending you do that. I've never worked with it that way. And, um, you want to make sure that you really know what you're doing or you're being advised by an herbalist who knows what they're doing. I'm just, yeah, I've, I've worked with pokeweed for a long time in, you know, within the intention to release I have a lot to release, you know? I I think about this breast issue in particular and how I had that chronic mastitis and that's come back around because I applied for this grant uh, for herbal medicine for like a community medicine project. I'm really excited about it. If you get on my Instagram, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about, but I won't get into it here. But um, yeah, so that story of the chronic mastitis and using plant medicine to deal with that pain and to deal with that issue, that story has come back around and there's like a lot of my pain, a lot of my physical issues. I can, I can confidently say that a lot of them relate to me having a hard time letting go of things, um, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, I can hold a grudge, like just, you know, I have a hard time letting go of things. And, um, I feel like I, I really did not start to let go of things till I was like 30, which was only, you know, I'm 31 now, but I also, in the last two years, I've learned how to actually work with my nervous system and actually, ground myself right and create real boundaries so pokeweed has been an amazing ally for this process and I think that there's yeah there's a metaphor here with passionflower being entwined with that pokeweed this plant I know so so well and this other plant right the maypop slash passionflower that I that I think I know well, but I haven't really worked with closely. Um, I was reminded of the first time I ever met Maypop, and it was many years ago with a dear friend of mine. And I just, we didn't even know, 
what this flower was at the time, I don't think. I didn't even realize what a special moment it was until I was looking through pictures the other day and I found it and, you know, I happened to save it. And it was just funny that like, okay, I'm reminded again, like I have met Maypop. I do know you um, more than just in the way of like taking that medicine to deal with anxiety and to soothe my nerves. But I had a Maypop tincture that I got from another herbalist and I just feel that, yeah, that pull to work with this medicine again. And I don't mean this in a a human centric way. Oh, the medicine we need appears because we're so special or whatever, but plants listen. They listen to us in a way that humans, we just really don't know how to listen to other people or other beings. It kind of, it takes practice for us to actively listen to other beings and each other. But plants just naturally do this. They are amazing listeners. Um, Or we could say receivers, perceivers. But yeah, we have learned, people have learned what plants we can work with and, you know, who and how to work with them from animals. So I don't mean this in a human centered way but the relationship between plant and people is very interesting to me so anyway that's my little plant story that I am currently sitting with and let's now that I've talked about (laughs) everything else let's talk about this new moon Um, I've been so scattered that I actually posted a couple of in a couple of different places I posted that it's going to be a full moon (laughs) which is not true uh the full moon was last our last episode and we're coming into this Virgo new moon or the hermit new moon and when I think of Virgo I think of that vessel right in the in the images that we have of Virgo And I think that the star, the star is related to Aquarius, which we talked about, I think, last time. Um, And so there is a relationship with the vessel, but the star is actually, hmm, maybe it's Aquarius that has the vessel. See, this is why I'm not an astrologer, but I do think of, I think of that image comes forward with um Virgo as well uh Virgo though is the virgin that's where we're at yeah scattered um (laughs) anyway Virgo is an earth sign and not to be on the nose but I think that at this time part of what we're meant to do is to be here in our homes in our space in our garden and figuring out the systems that need tweaking, that need adjustment. And the systems, just looking at what is working. Look at what is working, take stock, address what isn't, get organized, clean up, right? Um, We're here at like a season change. Back to school, right? Gotta get organized. Gotta get your schedule in order. And I fucking hate doing that. I'll just be honest, like I don't, like 
the planning. But at the same time, I like being able to have many, many projects. So I'm trying to be kind to myself through the fact that I can't just do and manage everything. But that leads me to talking about the relationship between Virgo and the Hermit card. The Hermit card is key number nine. And like I said, I didn't bring my cards, so we're not going to have a reading. This is just a story. (laughs) This is just me talking about the cards that are associated with this. Um, So, yeah, we have the Hermit, and the vessel that the Hermit is hanging on to is actually a lantern with a six-sided star. And the Hermit is, I think... One of the cards, one of the many cards, maybe all, maybe all of them have this to a degree, but I think pretty misunderstood, you know, really reduced to being just like a loner or a drifter or fringe kind of person. And I think that the hermit is so much more than that. Um, I'm also, this came up in a reading recently, but so random, sounds random, but it isn't. I mean, the garden, the concept of the garden hermit, the ornamental hermit, and how that sort of can relate to Virgo as an earth sign, I think is interesting. Um, if you've never heard of an ornamental hermit, it's, there was this, I wish I remembered the year or like the location or like where I even read this. But anyway, rich people would have like giant estates and then they would have somewhere on the property. They would have a little like a little house or a little hut of some sort. And then they would have a person that lived there, a garden hermit, who would just... I don't know, like people would come and ask them for advice and the hermit would, it it just, it reminds me of like a gnome and I've been getting deeper and deeper into uh, working with earth energies and including gnomes and fairies and yeah, I said fairies, (laughs) you don't have to always say fae, there's many, many different energies right but um energy isn't even really the right word I sometimes I say energy when I don't know what else to say maybe I mean beings there's many beings right um but yeah so I think of the ornamental hermit and how that is a lot like the hermit card and that is also really what I'm craving right now in a lot of ways I crave solitude. Like even in this moment, even though I'm doing this and this is like a type of work, for me it's like I'm alone other than my sleeping kiddo. (laughs) I'm alone. I'm, you know, trailing off, wandering with my um, thoughts and my visions and my dreams and my plant uh, stories and, and like that is, I really crave being in my own medicine. I really crave that hermit's energy. And the hermit is, um, 
not just about being alone though. It's like also uh, being like your own power source, right? Like the the lantern that the hermit holds is, it's like their inner light, but not just their inner light. It's also like their inspiration. It's where they get information. It's how they channel, you know? Um, yeah, it's like, yeah, being self, not self-centered in a, yeah, in a narcissistic or an egotistical way, but in a deep inner world way, right? Like exploring not just your own realms, but going deeper, deeper, deeper into yourself where you actually realize, I just heard a very strange sound, deeper and deeper and deeper into yourself until you see other realities, right? Other ways of being, other um, ways of perceiving time, ways of perceiving this dimension, right? This moment, this world, and maybe other worlds that are here in the same space, but not in the same uh, channel of perception. Okay. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, that's sort of the thing, right? I think with Hermit, there are things that can't be put into words. There's only one person in the card. There's only, it's not really something where you're meant to translate and transmit everything you gain from a Hermit card experience. It's walking your own path. It's being deep into your own medicine, getting very, very interested about your inner workings and to the point where you are able to have a perspective that, again, you may not can just share it. You may choose to share parts of it, but in my hermit card experiences, I have to say, it's like when you have, it's not necessarily that some wild spiritual thing happens. Like it's not necessarily spiritual awakening. For me, it's just been like, you know, going to the void, (laughs) going on some sort of journey and not necessarily being able to, or even having the desire to transmit any of what I yeah, felt or experienced in that space. Because it's not really for a wide audience. It's just, it's for you. It's for your consciousness. And while we're talking about the hermit and this new moon in hermit, right? This invitation that we're all, I feel like when we have, you know, we're in Virgo season now. So we're in hermit season hermit new moon, right? When we go through each season, when we go through, you know, the moon being in that sign, which the moon changes signs all the time, right? Like (laughs) as it waxes and wanes, it changes quite quickly. But we can look at those as invitations. So you don't have to just pull a card to think, oh, here's my invitation. Here's my sign that I'm in this energy, or I'm meant to work with this invitation, right? You get invited 
just by acknowledging, just by noticing. So noticing it's hermit season, noticing it's hermit new moon. That is enough. That is like, here's your sign. You're listening to this for a reason. Oh, I'm starting to get hoarse. But yeah, so where was I going with that? Yeah, while we're talking about that, I want to talk about the other um, aspect, right? Because that's the thing. Every card in the majors has also a teacher card. Um, This comes from Mary Kay Greer's Constellations concept, which she did a lot of heavy research into the numerology and how how these things relate. And... um, yeah, so I'm inspired by that, and I just want to name where this comes from, but or who, rather, who connected the dots, right? Because they were all here already, but um, so, so yeah. Last episode we talked about the star and Aquarius and Aquarius's relationship with strength, um, or sorry, the star's relationship with strength which is related to Leo. And so we have the um, hermit card related to Virgo and the hermit card being key nine, we can look to the moon card, which is key 18. We get this because one plus eight is nine, right? So you see how I get that. I get there with the moon card. And I have to say, I've also really been feeling into the energy of the moon card. The other day, no, maybe it was today, I said, I'm just now coming up from air, for air, because things have been so hectic. I felt really in the water. If you look at the moon card in the Rider weight deck or just any deck, a lot of times there is this bright, beautiful luminous moon and then there's this murky water right there's this ocean or this it could be another body of water but I see it as like the sea and it's murky and you really can't see the bottom and I've really felt that way I think of the moon card also the moon card is not it's related to um Pisces just just for your you know, (laughs) mental note, um, if that matters for you. So I want to also clarify that like associations in tarot, people have different ideas. Like this is how I see it. This is how a lot of people see it, but you may see it differently and that's okay. Right. So yeah. Um, I think, where was I going to go with that? Yeah. I just, we're we're here to talk about always relationships, <laughs> right? The association is about the relationship. It's not just like this equals this, right? There's a relationship. It doesn't mean it is inherently the same thing or it's, you know, it's not as simple maybe as if you're just looking at a table in a book of tarot this card equals this this equals that um you know 
it can be simple, but I don't think it is simply this is that. Like you, I, I just want to invite you to be curious and always investigate. Like, okay, but why? That's why I like to tell you my equation, like how I how I got there. And anyway, so the moon card. Um, I was taught that this card is about mystery and facing the mystery and, you know, going into the unknown and absolutely you know that can be true and that is true but I even I feel like with this relationship with the hermit it's like I imagine the hermit and the lantern in the hermit's hand right illuminating this darkness the moon also illuminates the darkness but we have to remember the moon is not its own light source right it is a mirror it's a huge mirror and in that mirror, this is the more old school way people look at it, but there's distortions, right? Things look a little differently in the mirror of the moon. Things that may not be uh, scary look more frightening in this light. Or maybe maybe vice versa, right? It just, reality looks a, li- a little different in this card. And I associate this card with our dreams, which as I work with my dreams and as I go on my, you know, my hermit's sort of path, right, of that inward, inward, inward discovery, uh, I find that the moon card isn't always so mysterious. It's not always about illusions or, or even in some cases lies I've heard is an association and I just... I don't know, I have a lot of deep conversations with the moon directly. It's my style, you know? People are like, what do you do on a full moon? And I've absolutely done elaborate rituals, and I think they're fun, and I've had, you know, bonfires, and, you know, short of dancing naked uh, around a fire with a bunch of people, you're like, I haven't really done that but uh, yet. But really, I just those are those kind of activities are really fun but I every full moon what I do is I talk to the moon I scry and we have a conversation and I tell the moon whatever I need to say whatever I need that presence and understanding like the moon is there for that right like it's also offers this reflection of yourself right it's like having that con- having a conversation with yourself you can actually go very deep you can get you know really into it so i find this card less and less mysterious and um like i said i don't have my cards in hand uh this time which i think uncon okay the moon i also associate with the unconscious and as i've been investigating and leaning into my unconscious pathways right doing dream work and, you know, having visions even. Um, I think I might have left my cards at my house on purpose because my unconscious mind knew that if I was given the ability to give readings and do, like, my regular work that I do, like, I give readings almost every day, um not through my personal practice, though that's my preference, but through an app that I also work for. Um, If I had the ability to take a shift and pop out 
those short readings that I do for my other work, I would be doing it. But unconsciously, my I think my mind was like, nope, let's totally remove that possibility so they can't do that, you know? Anyway, thank you, self. Um, <laughs> or maybe it's not that deep. Maybe I just left them. But anyway, I think of the card um, from the Apparition Tarot. And there's many doors. So I think if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. There's many doors in this card. And the the reversal looks almost exactly the same as the upright version. And I really appreciate that in the moon, in this version of the moon card. Because in this card, you don't know which way is up sometimes. Like, you really don't. You know, imagine swimming in this dark water and not knowing you know if you've ever been swimming and gone really deep and had a moment of like whoa I you know you get disoriented and you don't know which way is up you have really been feeling into that and um that's really when it comes down to like this self-trust I have to have then I can and I can find that through hermit I can lean into the invitations of the moon much more easily, knowing I have my lantern, knowing that I have myself, that I've, I'm, I've always endured, and I'll continue to endure. You know, it's inevitable, and when it's not, I won't have to worry about it. You know, but for now, it's like, and I will endure. Uh, and keep and keep going, despite what creatures are here, you know, on the path and what other mm, unknowns there are to face. It becomes <sighs> I have to, you know, you do it anyway. You do it anyway. I spent um, a lot of time today. I got a break from all the things I have to do. And me and my son and my grandmother had some long conversations telling stories. And it was so wonderful. And one thing I'll share, because it came up today. Um, there's so many stories. And, and it's hard to to know sometimes what what is interesting to other people and what is actually just private you know just just for me just for my family um and also I don't want to just tell people things that they think this is irrelevant um but one thing that I can share uh, I got my hair cut today with my son and um the lady one of the ladies there said to him just in passing you know, what, what do you think my favorite color is? And he looked at her and he's like, purple, you know, and that, that was it. It was true. And she wasn't wearing purple or anything. And she's like, wow, you just, you zeroed in on that. You knew my favorite color. And I told her, and now I'll tell you, when I was a child, maybe even younger than him, and he's five, but I don't know when this started, but my Nana and I, would play this little game where we would send each other colors 
And I think this is something she did with her sisters or, I don't know, people used to keep themselves entertained in really different ways than we do now. But so I just remember doing this sort of psychic exercise where I would close my eyes and I would try to receive the color that she would send to me and vice versa. You know, we would take turns sending the color back and forth and I had no idea I was practicing like psychic skills and she didn't really frame it that way. Tonight we talked about it a little bit and she didn't frame it that way tonight either. It was just, yeah, it was just another one of those things um, that I feel really blessed. I got to grow up with uh, her and she really, my, hmm, she raised me, you know, I was at her house definitely more than my mom's and my dad's. My parents were divorced when I was young. And so my Nana has always been like my home base. And as she's getting older, it's just really hard because she's always been there, you know. When there was no one else, when there was, you know, tragedy happening where the that took my mom away for a while. Um, my mom, my Nana was always there. She was always my soft place to land and my person. And um, as she's getting older, it's just something, you know, it's right there, you know. She's almost 90 years old. And tonight she said to my son, because she really loves elephants for some reason. And she said, when I die, do you want my elephants? And he's like, what? You know, like, what do you mean? When I'm gone, do you want my elephants? And I just, it's hard not to cry about that because she's had a very long, long life, a hard life, but a long life. And she's been such a treasure, you know? Someone I've definitely taken for granted before, but not anymore. You know, it's like amazing that we still have, my son has her, has his great grandmother, but um, we've had the conversation that after she passes, we're going to keep talking. And I think that is a gift that many people, most people don't have that. Most people don't have that sort of intimacy and openness where they can talk about death like that. But we have experienced, I've experienced death from a very early age. People very close to me passing away, getting really sick and things like that. And my Nana's just always been able, available to talk about it. And even with her own mortality, she's like we'll still, we'll still talk, duh, you know, she sort of giggles, you know, she kind of like laughs at it, she's always been a prankster, and, you know, just has a very specific sense of humor that, yeah, it doesn't really translate, like, I I could tell you stories, but, you know, anyway, um, so I'm, I'm feeling that, uh, a lot and I'm trying not to grieve in 
preparation and just be in the moment. You know, every moment with her is a gift. Um, and I just, I wouldn't be here talking to you like this without her support and her early introduction to the occult. I mean, I was, we talked about this a little tonight, like I was in her library, her home library under the stairs reading books about the mysteries from just as early as I can remember. I was in there and just, she let me do whatever I wanted. I was so free as a child and my son is now um, (laughs) very free. He runs around in a very similar way that I did, just half naked or totally naked, um, and in the yard, just making a mess all the time, and that was, that was my childhood with her, and yeah, learning about concepts that just were not accessible otherwise, you know, now you can go to a library, and you can find books about witchcraft, you can find books I mean, astrology is everywhere now, but when my nana cast my chart when I was like eight years old, that nobody was doing that in rural Tennessee. Um, at least maybe they were doing it more privately, but I we didn't have friends that were even doing it. We just had, you know, a big family of storytellers and mystics and card readers and, you know, there's so much more than I realized um and my nana told me a story tonight about when my granda her husband when he was when he was dying I I never knew this I'd never heard this story but she said as he was passing she said what are you looking at you know where are you and and he said oh I'm just here looking at the moon I'm just here seeing the moon. And this was, I don't know if it was during the day or during the night, but there was no window, you know, like available. He was just, he saw the moon though. And, and she said, oh, can you, are you, you see it right now? And he said, no, you're standing in the way of it. You're between me and the moon, me and the light. And he passed away a few days later, and I had never heard that story. I had never realized that connection. But the moon is always there. It was there while ancient people were here. It was, it'll be here long after we're gone. And I know, I know, scientifically speaking, it's moving a little bit away from us. Every moment, it's from for some astronomical reason, gravity, something, something. I'm not a scientist, okay? I'm looking at my life through a mythopoetic lens, and that is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also understand astronomy is a different beast, and yeah, also fascinating, you know? Um, anyway, so (laughs) I feel like I'm getting a vulnerability hangover and there wasn't a reading this time, but I do hope that this podcast, this episode (sighs) 
this conversation with myself um (laughs) maybe had something for you and yeah if you enjoy this podcast um feel free to subscribe to my patreon where i offer way more uh i'm a very prolific patreon creator i have about 80 subscribers i think at this moment um and more people coming all the time so it helps me keep this rambly little podcast of mine ad free because i fucking hate advertisements um it helps me yeah have food in the fridge and continue to yeah create content that i want to see and tell stories that i want to hear or need to hear so um yeah also tomorrow no because it's friday so sunday (laughs) sunday night we have a group timeline jump and if you want to know what that is i have a free public post on my patreon explaining what timeline jumping is i would love to have you but no pressure um yeah we just we do a ton of things through patreon we have a discord community it's full of absolutely fascinating people from all walks of life and um who who are interested in yeah the tarot in dream analysis in uh folk herbalism and storytelling so anyway um yeah patreon and i've drastically cut down my hours for my personal practice while i am accepting my hermit's invitation of like and my virgo new moon invitation of like figuring out you know my system going forward so readings are available but they're a lot less available than usual I'll open my books up wider when I get more time and I get to come up from this uh, period of just intense planning and and, uh, adjusting. So yeah, sleepyhousehealing.com if you want to check out readings, personal timeline jumps. I have a mentorship coming to offer y'all, but right now I can't devote the time. So it's just one thing on a long list of shit not shit cool things that i am really excited about offering and sharing but you know i really don't want to half-ass it i have to whole ass it um so yeah y'all have a wonderful new moon in hermit i am personally just fucking exhausted i'm just beat which is a pretty usual new moon vibe for me i'm usually quite low energy on the new moon some people feel that uh for the full moon they have trouble sleeping and they're very tired but full moon i feel energized i feel delicious i have a good time not saying i can't have a good time right now but uh new moon it's like nope rest so the fact that i even recorded this like i don't know um yeah it was needed it was cathartic i did shed some tears which i'm learning to accept that i i cry you know i cry at times and uh i don't want to hold it back i just want to be myself um so 
Anyway, y'all have a great new moon. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I will I will talk to you here the next full moon. Bye.